0: We're reflecting on these uh, different characteristics of existence these different lakana yesterday speaking about emptiness and suchness sunyata emptiness tatata suchness these are ways of reflecting upon the, the field of experience the characteristics of existence. In a way, when there's a reflection upon emptiness, seeing all things, all thoughts, feelings, perceptions, intentions, sensations, as empty, then the mind is saying no to the world of that. No thing really there. Nothing solid, nothing substantial. And then at the other end of the scale, reflecting on suchness. It's a way of the mind saying yes to the field of experience. It's this way. Here it is. In this moment, it's thus, such. It's this way. saying yes to the world of, of all that, yes to the, the field of experience. Here it is. It's this way. In Ajang formulation of these uh, reflections, these characteristics of, of experience, then the third member of that group Along with sunyata and tatata emptiness and suchness, then he names as the uh, the ultimate Buddhist concept, the most refined and the most um, illuminating of those three reflections is what is called atamayata. There's no good English word that encompasses the meaning of this it's not a very common word in Pali it only appears in five or six places in the Pali canon but what it means is literally "ah, not tam that maya made not made of that or not thatness so whereas Sunyata is saying no to the world of that. Tatata, suchness, is saying yes to the world of that. Atamayata is saying there is no that. That sense of a subject and an object, an experiencer in here, and an experienced that out there, that too is a construction. It's a formulation, a fabrication. So it's a letting go of the subject-object duality. You can call it subjectless-objectless awareness. The mind is awake, it knows, but it's not creating a subject that is the knower and an object that is the known. There's simply knowing. The word as Ajwan Buddha Dasa said, this is the, the supreme concept, the ultimate Buddhist concept, the most refined and illuminating of all qualities, the most liberating of all qualities. When it's reflected on, when it's realized, then all of that false duality of a me here and a world out there that's unplugged, dissolved. The mind, which uh, the nature of which is Dhamma, is aware of the field of experience, which also is of the nature of Dhamma. So you can also say when atamayatā, when that subject-object duality is let go of, what is realized is Dhamma, aware of its own nature. Or the mind, the heart, aware of its own nature. Every aspect of this body, this mind, is part of the natural order. Its nature is Dhamma. It's Tha of the nature of Dhamma. So if the mind, the heart, is Dhamma, and the patterns of experience are Dhamma, then when this full sense of me and the world falls away, there's simply Dhamma knowing its own nature. It's not personal. There's no internal and external. It's just the Dhamma that is this mind, knowing its fundamental nature, its fundamental qualities. And in that, the heart is freed. Freed from time, freed from identity, freed from location, freed from three-dimensional space, being somewhere. The heart is awake, aware, free, boundless. Knowing its own unborn, undying, non-personal quality. Unlocated non-personal, timeless, unborn, undying. So it's not like we were born and then the the, the deathless is something that's acquired or the, the unborn is something that's that's got from somewhere else. It's recognizing that from the very beginning, this was the nature of this heart, this mind. It's a very fundamental quality was always unborn, unconditioned, uncreated, unformed. It's not a thing that's somewhere else, some kind of super quality elsewhere that we have hope we can get access to if we're lucky. But it's been the very nature of what we are all along. The jewel that we've carried with us, even though we might not have realized it was here, was the very nature of what we are. So, Atamayatā, that quality of not made of that, the word is based on the, the ancient Indian understanding of perception. So, if when we see an object, the eye sends out a kind of ray that occupies the object, takes the form of the object, and then becomes consistent with that, tammayata, and it comes back and is known by the mind. So, there's this kind of energy that goes out, occupies an object, takes the form of it, becomes consubstantial with that object, and brings the message back. And going out, a taking form, and a coming back. So the word attamayata is the opposite of that. The mind's energy does not go out, it doesn't get born into an object. A thing that we see, or smell, or taste, or touch, an opinion, a memory, <clears throat> a plan for the future, a recollection of the past, Emotions of loving, hating, fearing, wanting, delighting, regretting. The mind's energy does not get born into an object to bring it back to a subject. There's no birth. The attention is not getting lost, born into the patterns of experience. Beautiful, ugly, delicious, disgusting. Mine, yours, here, there, inside, outside. It's not giving any energy, not giving life to those distinctions. One of Lumpur Sumato's favorite uh, expressions in Pali is where the Buddha describes uh, this awakened awareness, this kind of subjectless, objectless awareness. Is in the Pali is vinyanang anidasanang anantang sabato pabang that consciousness, that awareness vinyanang anidasanang which is formless non-manifestative anantang, limitless, boundless, infinite sabato pabang radiant in all directions or accessible from every side. So it's infinite in capacity. Awake, aware, limitless, bright. And as the Buddha describes in that uh, teaching, on the basis of that consciousness, that awareness, that, that quality, Long and short and coarse and fine and pure and impure. They cannot find a footing. They have no place to land. They can't get any traction. The mind is awake, it knows. But those distinctions of long, short, coarse, fine, pure, impure, mine, yours, subject, object. They don't have any any substance. They can't get a grip. They can't find a footing. There's no place to land. Nowhere for the dust to fall. So this doesn't mean that the mind is spaced out or disconnected, dissociated from seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, functioning in the human family, not at all. Rather, it means that those distinctions of coarse and fine are known to be Convenient fictions, subject, object, in here, out there. These are just relative or partial, convenient ways of speaking. There's no real division there. When we say something is beautiful, it's known immediately that's just a conditioned subjective impression. How could it not be? When the mind says something is ugly, at once it knows, well that's only relative. It's just from a particular point of view. Call something long or short. Well, compared to what? The temple at Amravati is, is big compared to the, the size of an atom. Tiny compared to the size of the galaxy, the universe. So Is the whole big or small? An atom is huge compared to the size of a quark. What do we compare quarks to? Oh, long and short, coarse and fine, pure and impure, mine and yours. The awake mind, when the mind is embodying that quality of atamayatā, It knows those distinctions and is not confused by them, is awake to them. As the Buddha said in the teaching to Bahia, if the mind reflects in the seen, there is only the seen. In the heard, there is only the heard. In the sensed, there is only the sensed. In seeing, smelling, tasting, touching. In the cognized, there is only the cognized. There is seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching feeling, thinking, it's just that. When that's realized, then there's a recognition, there's no thing there, there's no solid, permanent, separate object out there. And similarly, there's no person, no I, who's the experiencer, there's no thing here, on the subject side. And then as he says to Bahia, Once you realize there is no thing there and no thing here, then you will not be able to find a self in the world of this or the world of that or anywhere between the two. The mind, the heart, stops conceiving the world in terms of self and other, my life and the world. Me in here, you out there. It sees those as convenient fictions, empty, insubstantial. There's a quality of suchness, a presence, the mind is awake to this present reality, awake to the Dhamma, profound, immeasurable, unfathomable, aware, but doesn't have to create a concept about that, doesn't have to create a a name or an identity, a, a me who's got that, or a me who wants that, or a me who aspires to that. It's just knowing, awake. It is that already. It's that we don't need to want to feel gravity. It's felt. It's operating already. Can't get away from it. So the dhamma that is the very nature of the heart, the mind, this body, this mind, this world, this universe, it can't be lost. It can't not be what you are. It already is, always was. So the practice and the use of these reflections is a way of letting go of the habit of being born. Being born into like and dislike, pleasant and painful, beautiful, ugly, right and wrong, delicious, disgusting. Training the mind not to be born not to go out and get lost in its perceptions, its moods, its memories, its opinions. To know those, as they arise, take shape, dissolve. That's the training, to see the habits of the mind getting lost in its own creations. And when that training is actualized, the mind is guided, it learns how not to be born. and not to create subject and object, then it's awake, delighting in the present, attuned to the way things are, not trying to get anything, not trying to get rid of anything. Awake, attuned. In those moments when the the heart is... Embodying this quality of awakened awareness, knowing. Feel that. Recognize that. How is it? Even if it's just half a second during a whole day. Notice that. When the mind lets go of subject and object, here and there. When there is no that, it's just subjectless, objectless awareness, knowing. How is it? What is its quality? Let that really be known, fully realized. Let that realization have its own effect. There's no person who needs to keep it or get it, have an opinion about it, or write a poem about it. Let's know that directly. Awake awaken to that. Let that awakenness that that realization have its effect.